<laughs> he just asked if he wanted me to turn him to turn the fan off. It's blowing right on me right now. Of course not, Mike. Of course not. So, having said that, I'm in the shade. I've got a fan. I mean, I'm good. I don't know if you got. We might be here. Well, no. I'm just kidding. So, it's it is good to see you all. Um, we should have known that people would wisely gravitate towards the shade and we might turn this a little bit next time um but it, it is good to see you um I, I my sermon is shorter i promise i promise it's shorter it's about half of the slides that i usually have so that'll give you an idea of of what it is but we're going to be in matthew 6 so if you want to you want to start going there you can do that matthew 6 and we'll start in verse 25 I hope, and, and I think you do, I was sitting down there um, just thinking through, like, and this is not to swell up their ego or anything, but, but the people who have been doing the music have been working really, really hard. I, I, you, you may not know that or see that, but they really have, so I'd love for you to give them, give them a hand because it, it is a lot of work, and so I'm, I'm grateful for for their willingness to to do that um today we're gonna like i said go to matthew 6 um it will be um piggybacking a little bit off of uh the sermon from last week if you if you watch that um we're gonna talk a little bit about worry and and some of that kind of kind of stuff but um mainly the the point that i wanted to make um in that chapter what brought or the those verses what brought me to it are about seeking the lord first and so seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And so um, that's what we're going to um, kind of focus in on. So Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. Let me get back over here where I need to. These are some verses that a lot of you know. You're very familiar with them. Um, but sometimes we need to take them to heart. Um, again, so starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, about what you will eat or what you will drink, um, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your Father, your heavenly Father, feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Uh, some versions say a cubit to your height. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Lord God, I thank you for the day. Um, I thank you for the opportunity to, to come together, Lord God, in this way. I pray so much, Lord, for wisdom as we go forward, Lord God. We don't want to stay away any second longer than you want us to. 
And so give us wisdom as we're dealing with these things, Lord God, and guide us. Help people to remain encouraged. Help people to remain, um, continue to love on each other in the best way possible, Lord God. Help us to continue to trust you and who you are and your goodness and your power in our lives. Lord God, just help us, Lord. I pray that you would help us now as we look at your word. I pray that you will be glorified through this time. I pray that I would say exactly what you want and nothing more, nothing less. I pray that people would be able to pay attention even now, Lord God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of this would be Seek First the Kingdom. In verse 25, it, it piggyback off, piggybacks off of what I talked about last week, but it says, he says, do not be anxious. And he's talking about what? He's talking about food and water and clothing and kind of these basic kind of needs type of a thing. And he says, don't even worry about your basic needs, right? And so when I think about that, if he says don't worry about your basic needs, these things that literally like keep us alive, then what are we supposed to worry about? And the answer is nothing, right? He says, you don't even have to worry about your basic needs. Don't worry about that little thing that's been driving you crazy for the past week, right? He says, I've got you. I will take care of you. Trust me. And so he says, don't worry about those things. And so if I'm not supposed to worry about that, we can, we can trust and we can know when he says, do not be anxious about anything, that he means that. You don't have to worry about anything. The lie that Satan has fed to me and probably a lot of you is that there are times when we feel like, well, this is just what I have to do. This thing is happening and I have to worry about it. No, you do not. You do not. That is not of the Lord. That's not what he tells you. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay. And so he says in, in uh, verse 25, he says, is not life more than clothing and food and all these things? Is not life more? And it was just a reminder to me that there is something even more important than food. Some of us are like, gasp, it can't be possible that there is something more important than food. But, but there is, there's something even more important than this thing that sustains our life, that we think sustains our life. And it's, it's the Lord. And it's what he's going to talk about here in a minute. Seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. It's, life is more than these basic needs and these things that we focus on so often. Life is so much more. God has such more abundant joy and abundant life for us than we give him credit for sometimes. And so life is more than even these things he's talking about. I like uh, verse 26. Um, go back to, to that real quick. He says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? I just felt like myself and probably some others out here, we need to hear that we are valuable to the Lord. You need to understand that you are valuable to Him, right? You are precious to Him, precious in His sight, the, the, old, the old song, right? We, we are valuable to the Lord. We matter to Him. We have worth to the Lord. And, you know, I try often to remind us of our sinfulness. And I, I, I do. I know I do. And I, I remind us, hey, we're, we're nothing without Jesus. We can't be saved, right, without Jesus because of our sin. It is deep. It is dark. And it is bad. But sinfulness does not equal worthlessness. Do you hear that? Sinfulness does not equal worthlessness. And sometimes we do that. We think, well, I've sinned, so I must be worthless. And I want to tell you that is not true. You sin. 
You should repent. You should trust in Jesus to save you. He's your only hope. Absolutely. But don't get it mixed up and think that sinfulness equals worthlessness. That's not true. It's not true. If you think that you're worthless, please look to the cross. If you think that you are worthless, look to the cross. You don't do what Jesus did for things that are worthless. You don't do what Jesus did for things that have no value. Okay? So I'm not saying anything against or contrary to the fact that we have to have Jesus for salvation. We could not earn that. But I want you to understand that you are valuable to the Lord. You have worth. You are not worthless. Okay, verse 27. He says to us, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Um, like I said, some of your... Trying to click on this. Some of your versions, a single cubit to his stature. I've said it before, but I want to say it again. Because I can. Worry does nothing. Worry does absolutely nothing. It doesn't add an hour to your life. doesn't add any inches to your height. Worry does absolutely nothing. It is, it is a tool of the devil to keep us focused on something other than where we're supposed to be focused on. Okay, worry does absolutely nothing. Uh, some of you would live really long and be really tall if worry actually did anything, myself included. I'd, I'd be an old, old man. It does absolutely nothing, okay? Verse 28 and 20, 29 are interesting. I'm not sure that we can fully grasp some of these things on the surface. He says, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Uh, verse 30, But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You know, I've never had to really worry about clothing. Probably a lot of you haven't. I've never really had to worry about food. Probably, probably a lot of you haven't. You've got to recognize that this would have been a legitimate concern to the ones that Jesus was talking to at this time. A legitimate concern. Just like we would say, I've got these legitimate concerns, Lord. And so, put, put it in context. He says to you, he says to them at this time, he says to us now, don't worry about those things. I'm going to take care of you. Okay? It should put our worries in perspective. And I said this last week, but it should put our worries in perspective when we compare those and take those to the power of the Lord. Put those two, two things in perspective, set them next to each other, and you're going to realize, ah, that thing wasn't really that big. That I was concerned about. Okay, verse thirty. He, he kind of gets on him a little bit. He says, "You have little faith." So just another. Stop doubting your God. Stop doubting him. He's not weak. He's not small. He he's more powerful than anything and bigger than anything. Stop doubting your God. Stop questioning if he knows what he's doing. He's smarter than you. He's smarter than me. Stop questioning if he will take care of you. If I die right now, it'd be traumatic for you all, and I, I would be sorry about that. But I'm way better off, right? I'm way better off. I don't have to worry about death. I don't have to worry about anything. Let's trust our God. He is our Savior. He is our sustainer. He gives us everything. And on top of all that, He is perfect and good and right. We can trust Him. I wouldn't tell you really to trust anything else because none of those things meet the standard that the Lord does. We can trust Him. 
verse 32, he talks about the Gentiles, and he says, even the Gentiles, like, seek after such things or, or are concerned with such things. They're thinking about such things. The Gentiles would have been, you got, it would be like us saying the non-Christians or the world or this other separate group that doesn't follow the Lord. And it's a reminder to us as Christians, we're supposed to be different than the world. We're supposed to be different, very, very different than the world. We may look very odd to the world, but I want it to be because of our love, because of our forgiveness, because of our mercy towards others, because of our grace towards others, not just because we dress up on a Sunday morning, right, or something like that, these, these superficial things. I want it to be deep things that actually have meaning to them. And so he says, you know what, the Gentiles are worrying about the, that stuff. Don't be like them. You're not them. And you are not the world. If you're here and you are a Christian, that's the qualifier. You're here and you are in Christ. You are not the world. You are different. You are called to be different. And we need to act different and live different and love different. Okay? Verse 33. I'm just going to go back and read it. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. He tells us to seek. How are you seeking the Lord? What are you doing to seek the Lord? He's not hiding from you. It's not this cosmic game of hide and seek and he's hiding behind a moon and you've got to try to find him. He's there ready to, to, to engage with you, ready to, to pour out his spirit on you to give you power and strength to live this life. How are you seeking the Lord? Are you seeking Him in His Word? Are you seeking Him in prayer? Are you seeking Him with other Christians and having meaningful conversations about things that actually matter? How are you seeking the Lord now? Because He tells us to seek Him. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For, who, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. He rewards those who seek Him. There should be no other priority. He says, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. There should be nothing in your life right now that when you think about it, it's more important than the Lord. Okay? There should be nothing in your life right now that not only would you say there's nothing more important than the Lord, but, that, but your actions would show there is nothing more important than the Lord and His kingdom and His righteousness. He says to seek first. Satan wants to distract us by lesser things. He says, seek first the kingdom, kingdom of God and his righteousness. A kingdom has a king, right? A kingdom has a king. You are not it. I am not it, right? A kingdom has a king. Nobody here is the king, right? We seek first the kingdom of God. The king of this kingdom is Jesus. We're not it. You know, there's, there's lots of opinions on on the kingdom and what that means, the kingdom of God. I want to give you two things that I think are, are pretty solid, at least. I'm not saying this is fully what it means, but pretty solid. When we're supposed to seek the kingdom first and his righteousness, I think it means at least two things. We participate, number one, we participate as faithful kingdom members. We remember who we are. I'm a part of the kingdom. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of the king. And I act like it. And I, and I revel in it and I find joy in it, and I find peace in it, and I'm so grateful to be a part of his kingdom, and then I live like it. I do what he says. He's the king. I'm not. 
I live like it. So that'd be number one. And number two, we try to extend that kingdom, right? Part of our, part of our mission statement is we want to make disciples. We want, to, we want to bring people into this kingdom. The world is very, very divided right now, right? Very divided. I don't have all the answers for all of that. But one answer I know that every person in the world needs is to be in the kingdom of God is to be in the kingdom of God. That should be our focus as Christians. I want to bring as many people into the kingdom of God as I can. I want to extend this kingdom out. And Dave and I, it'll be next week, I guess, Dave, we did a, a video about making disciples. And we talked about how it should be this snowball effect. Brian McKinney, you made it in that. You're, next Wednesday, you're part of that video. You didn't know that, but he, he sent me a testimony that's going to be in that next Wednesday. So you need to check it out at 7 o'clock. But it's this, it's this snowball effect. I tell somebody, they become a disciple. I continue to, to walk with them and guide them and teach them as a more mature Christian. And then you know what they're going to do? They're going to tell somebody else. And it's just going to keep rolling and the kingdom expands. And so at least those two things I know. We participate as faithful kingdom members. And we try to extend the kingdom by making disciples. So it's the kingdom first. Our worries about ourselves. Our worries, remember the first part of this, you talk about don't be anxious about these, these things, these basic needs. Our worries about ourself should be replaced with concern for the kingdom. They should be replaced with concern for what is God up to? How can I be a part of it? Who needs to be a part of this kingdom? How can I help them? How can I lead them? How can I, can I guide them? Everything else, all of their goals, all of their concerns, all of their causes, they should pale in comparison with the kingdom of God. Two slides left, everybody. Two slides left. And they're really just summary slides, okay? I, I was going to say, Dave, I was going to have Dave Cutler take bets on the over-under for honking. As we went by three and he was going to take your money, but nobody's honked. I'm a little disappointed. We need a honk for Jesus sign next time. Not that you guys need any more distractions out here, but. So, yeah, in summary with these verses, all other concerns should fade away except to keep, seek the kingdom of God and what that means in His righteousness. Even our basic needs don't compare to what matters most. Even your basic needs, food, water, clothing, shelter, those things don't even compare to what actually matters most, things that are more important. You are so very valuable to God. You matter to Him. He paid a, tr a tremendous tr price to rescue you. You matter to Him. Worry has no value in your life. It does nothing for you whatsoever, and it should be replaced with concern for the kingdom. Concern for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We are to be different from the world. He said the Gentiles do this, don't be like them. For us, it's the rest of the world. Non-Christians do this, don't be like them. And seek Him first. Seek Him first. There's nothing higher you can do with your life. There's no greater purpose. We talk, People say, I'm going to go find myself. I'm going to go on this trip and I'm going to find myself and my purpose. You don't have to do that. It's right here. Seek, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And he says all these other things that you're worried about. He's like, I'm going to take care of that. So you don't even have to worry. Like, seek me first and it's, and it's fine. So the, the verse I'll end basically every sermon with. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it right there. That, that's it right there. That's the first step in entering the kingdom of God, of being a part of the kingdom of God. 
Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So I, I want to I ask you to be praying. Some, I don't have a lot of answers for how this is all going to work out and shake out. I can tell you there's a few th- three things that I'm thinking through with this. One, I want to first follow, follow God and what he wants and what his word tells us as we're, as we're going forward and making decisions. That's number one. Number two, the Bible says that he has placed authority over our lives. And so I'm not ready to fight against that yet. There could be a point when that comes, right? And they say, we can't have church or we can't tell people about Jesus. We'll we'll go to jail then. That's fine. But so I'm thinking through those two things. Follow God. Listen to the authority. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to name names. I have very specific people that I'm thinking of when I'm thinking through should we go back to church yet? Should we do this? Should we do that? I have very specific people that I'm thinking of that I'm concerned for their health, right? And so there are those three things. I'm just laying it out there. I'm not the only, I'm, I'm relying on the, the deacons and pastors a lot to, I, this is not a, a monarchy where I just say something and we do it, but just be in prayer, would you? Would you just be in prayer? And I guess I'm asking you just trust that we're doing our best, at doing our best. So I'm so glad that we could do this. I know you're sweat, sweating and you're like, that's good, Kevin. You can stop talking. Now. I know. But I'm so glad we could do it. It's good to see you guys. I love you. I want to pray for you. Continue to, to call or text or if you need something and let us know. But, but love you. Let's do it again next Sunday. That'll be, that'll be one step that we know. Nine o'clock. Earlier is better, I think, right? I was looking at the uh, temperatures yesterday. And that was about, other than going even earlier, that was about as good as we could get would be like right around at 9 o'clock. The shade might be a little better and different. So I'm going to pray for you, and then then we'll we'll be gone there. You probably saw it, but there's some of the literature, like the magazines and that kind of stuff over here, offering plate and all that kind of stuff. But let me pray. God, thank you for the day. I thank you that we could come together. I thank you for this church. Um, God, just the people that are here, uh, the people that are, are missing that are are part of us lord god we we love them and god i just ask you for protection um i ask you for your guidance god please as we go forward god all we need is what you want and so we seek you first in your kingdom and your righteousness lord god as we move forward as a church body you are good you are right you are awesome Lord God, and we love you. Bless everybody. Protect them. Save people. Lord God, help us to grow. Help us to love you more. And you're awesome, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.